Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. This is the Motley Fool Money Mailbag. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, a very special, they're all very special, Sunday mailbag edition. They are special, not because I'm here, but because he's here. And he, of course, is Andrew Page, the founder and managing director of Strawman. And frankly, I just make him look good. So, you know, that helps as well. I am Scott Phillips, the Chief Investment Officer of The Motley Fool. And together, we do The Motley Fool Money Podcast, as you know by now. But if you're new, welcome. It doesn't get much more interesting or much more professional than my intro. So I buckle in because it's going to be fun. Andrew, good day. How are you, mate? I thought I set low expectations, and that way everything is upside from here. What do you reckon? I, I, that's, that is a core principle <laughs> in my life. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, always, it's always better to under-promise and over-deliver. I hear that. I hear that. The other one I like is uh, you want to have an easy act to follow. It's one yes. from our US colleagues in the, the Motley Fool in the US. I think it's, I think nice. it's Bill Barker, I want to say, uh, who's just says, you know, if, you're, if you're a new incoming CEO, you don't want to take over from the you know from Warren Buffett. Right? The next CEO of Berkshire Hathaway has got a terrible, terrible job. I, I own shares for the record. Uh, but if you take over from some bombed out you know, CEO who's done a terrible job involved in a scandal, it's like, I'm not that guy. I'm not that girl. This is great. It's like, oh, good point. Yeah, no, you're much better. Well, the other thing too is even if, if, if you talk yourself up, even if you do deliver, you're still a jerk. You know, so It's kind of like there's something to be said for a bit of humility, right? <laughs> Oh, there's all that as well. There's all that as well. All right, mates, uh, we are going to do a mailbag podcast, the first of our pre-records for our break. Uh, so we are pre-recording this in advance, but thank you to those who sent through some questions. We've got lots more coming in the next few weeks. So stand by. We're not going to leave you without some wonderful, well, I'll say wonderful podcast content. <laughs> wonderful questions, put it that way. Our answers may leave something to be desired. Mate, uh, let's let's go on a question from Ethan, who just says, Hi, Scott and Ram. I love listening to you on the podcast machine. Excellent, Ethan. i got, I got to trademark that. Uh, Travelling Europe, he says, and still finding plenty of time on the trains to plug in for a couple of hours. Ethan, uh, you're probably young. You're also traveling Europe, so you have my absolute uh, disdain, as always. I don't know people who are younger than me or people who are enjoying life more than me, but it sounds like you are, mate, which is awesome. All right, here's his two-pronged question, mate. He says, please answer the first before reading the second, which I actually have. So I have no idea what I, I thought I'd keep the spirit of it. I don't know if it's actually, if it matters or whether it's, uh, you know, whether, whether the second question is actually relevant. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do what you ask, Ethan, and I'm hope gonna you're not going to burn me Extra here. careful in how we uh, answer. Can I tell you, this could be, this could be terrible. I have no idea what's coming. I literally haven't looked. Uh, question one, is the NASDAQ going to recover? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, yes, I'm sure will be your answer, but please discuss before moving on. Mm. Andrew, is the NASDAQ going to recover? Yeah, well, it is. It's guaranteed to. Well, you know, as long as humanity survives, it it, it will. Now, there's someone, there's someone yelling Japanese stock prices at the podcast machine right now. You know that, don't you? Yeah. Every well, time well, I talk about that, someone says, oh, but Japan in the 1980s. I'm like, mm. <laughs> it, yeah, it, couldn't, it, couldn't it be another one of those? Yeah, well, I would say, I mean, look, the careful thing is here is what there's no time frame being put on it. So if had you said, well, by the year 2023 or something, you know, like, that's different. And it, it is different. So I think. So your argument is, about, is in the long run, we're all dead, but the NASDAQ will be recover. Yeah, I, I think I think it will. And the other thing is as well is like indexes <laughs> or indices change, right? So the, the bad performers get kicked out, the new ones get kicked in. So yes, it's kind yes. of like if you look at the NASDAQ today as to mm. what it was like 10 years ago, it's actually very different constituents. Some of them didn't That's even true. exist. That's true. Back yeah, yeah then. good point. You know, so it's kind yep. of like I, yep. I feel yep. as though just like logically, you can make mm. a pretty confident statement um, on that. But yeah, let's let's be real. Like, it, I, I think it could take a long time. I, things are really scary out there, mm. and and the, and and the stocks that ultimately push that index higher might not be the stocks that are in there, or you know, mm. a lot of the same stocks that are in there right now. So, mate, this Nasdaq was at sixteen thousand five hundred seventy-three points on the 19th of November, which seems roughly the high point. I'm just going to do really quick. I was trying to remember that number in my head because I have to type it in. To uh, 16, what's actually 153, did I say? It's down 30.1% as we record this in the middle of June. So yes, we're pre-recording this one, as I said. Uh, maybe it's come back all the way. Maybe it's already up. Maybe people are saying, oh, of course it did. So look, we're geniuses. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, yeah, I put the wrong number in, mate. It's down a little bit more than that, maybe 31, 32%. Um, so lost a third of its value. Let's say that. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, in six, seven short months, mm-hmm. how long does it take to get back to that level? I think a while. I think a while. Tell me why. Um, well, I, I think so. So there's two there's two functions of a share price, and, and the share prices are what influence the index. Mm-hmm. One is the the earnings component, and mm-hmm. the other is is the market sentiment component, which you could probably map onto something like a price earnings multiple or price whatever you prefer okay. multiple. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
within the, the Nasdaq in particular, we had some, you know, some of the world, honestly, some of the world's best companies. Um, yeah. These tech giants are just gushing cash and and growing. I mean, these are these are multi hundred billion dollar, some instances trillion dollar companies <laughs> growing at double digit rates. I mean, this is this is what a structural shift looks like, right? Yeah. This is what happens yeah, yeah, when point. new forms yeah. of business and technology yeah, yeah. arrive yeah. on planet Earth. You know, you don't. It is not normal. It, it mm. is it is worth reminding ourselves how unusual <laughs> that is. Yeah. But that's exactly what happened. And and on that basis, and on that basis alone, you'd say actually a good part of the Nasdaq's gains um, were absolutely justified because, you know, Google grows or Apple grows 20% for <laughs> 10 years, the index is going to do really well. <laughs> the other component to it was, was, was the sentiment part. And we all got pretty excited by all of that. Mm. And interest rates were falling over for a lot of that period as well. So the, the, the price that we were prepared to pay for a dollar's worth of earnings, historically, you could say is probably somewhere sort of between 15 and 20 mm. historically mm. not not for nasdaq in particular just for just for stocks somewhere in that sort of that general ballpark and we kind of got much higher than that um, and in some instances for um, pre-profit companies we we actually had to use a price to sales multiple because there wasn't any earnings right so it was infinite price to earnings and then and that just went up and up and yeah. up so i think what makes it difficult is do i when i look in my crystal ball is google and apple you know, just to pick two, probably some of the best ones out there. Are they still around in in ten years' time? I'd say, yeah, absolutely. The world will be a pretty different place, but but they'll 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 find a place <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. W- within that. Will the market um, give them the same multiple that they have? Well, s- certainly in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty early. Well, yeah, in in twenty twenty one, would would I? That's that's different. Those multiples were driven by insanely low interest rates. So I think that's going to be the, I think yeah. that's going to be the harder part. That's going to be the harder hill to climb, mm. and it's also the harder hill to forecast because because <laughs> you know forecasting earnings is diabolically hard. Forecasting market sentiment is even is even is even more difficult. So it'll be it'll be tough. What do you think? Uh, I like that response, mate. I so. <sighs> We talked off air before. We should always pre-record our off-air conversations because they're, they're useful and interesting and, you know, maybe it's a bonus episode somewhere. Um, you made the very good point, which is just because shares are down doesn't mean they're worth buying. And that's absolutely true. Yeah. The flip side, though, is also... I just did some numbers while you were chatting. Um, Google's PE is 19 times. Mm. For business mm. growing at 20% per year. Apple, the most dominant hardware and software company on the planet, is PE of 21 times. Mm. And Amazon is an outlier at 50 times. I own Google and Amazon for full disclosure. I find those prices remarkably inexpensive if mm. they are able to keep growing at the sort of rates they have been in the past. So mm. whatever the whatever the price share prices were, they were much higher in both cases. Apple's fallen, uh, Amazon's fallen uh, probably 40 something percent, I suppose. Um, let me quickly do Google. It's down, oh, not quite as much, maybe 30%. Um, and I, I look at those and I think if you're going to pay, you know, and if the even if the average multiple is sixteen times, would you pay four points more for for Amazon or Apple or Google? Oh, sorry, Amazon's more expensive mm. for Apple or, or Google. Mm. I I think the answer is a really easy yes, quite honestly, because of the dominance of these businesses. Unless, and, and as you say, sentiment sentiment aside, what the market mm. might might think of these companies in a month's time, two months' time, a year's time, two years' time, I have no idea. But if you said to me, you can buy a juggernaut like Apple or or Google for an average of a P of twenty between the two of them, mm. I don't. Maybe maybe their best days are behind them. Maybe they're never going to grow again. Maybe it's all over. And frankly, Yahoo was big once and Microsoft was big once and then was terrible and now it's big again. Um, maybe Apple's had its best days. Maybe we never buy more iPhones than we did last year. And I'm not an Apple fanboy, by the way, as you well know. Um, mm. But I look at those two businesses and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm far from convinced these things are overpriced. Uh, mm. More expensive than the market, sure. But man, like, does it get much better than these guys? So I, I think, it's, I think it, two things are right at the same time. I, I've always hated price to sales ever since I was a baby. No, I'm a baby, but you know, ever since people started talking about it, it's like, it just doesn't matter, right? Like, mm. because cause at some point you gotta turn that to profit and, or cash flow, more to the point. And the only thing that matters is how you turn that cash flow, that, those sales into, into cash flow, how that cash flow comes out when it comes. Like that, that's, it, it, price yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's right? an ex- extraordinarily crude measure. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, that's better than I said, which is stupid. I stand by my comment too. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I just, I've never, ever, ever liked it. So, right? Sometimes you don't have a choice, though, right? As a heuristic, and I, I would just very quickly, I would say the PE, which is yeah. a, a superior one, also has its problems too. Yeah, so that's right. right. It's just, yeah. le- it's just less crap. Um, so yeah. Uh, so, so all of that said, I, um, 
You're, you're right, so my point was you're absolutely right. That some of these companies will never ever get back to the same price as they were. People people were getting stupid about these things and expect nothing but blue sky. Every every single valuation never has a recession in, in the third year of the discounted cash flow, right? It's always, this goes up and to the right. Let's assume the same compound rate forever, forever, forever from here to there. Um, look what happens. If this happens and it goes for 10 years and it becomes this big, then this is possible. Rub, absolute rubbish. Mm. Um, so so I'm, I'm <laughs> part of me is taking a, an, uh, an unintentional victory lap about the whole price to sales debacle. But, um, and to your, sorry, to your point, there are some companies that will never be worth that. But also I think if you look at the NASDAQ as a group, and you think about because these are market weighted, right? Which is kind of the point you made before. Some coming, some coming out. The biggest, if the biggest companies are Amazon, Apple, Google, I don't know what Facebook's done. I don't know what Netflix has done. Netflix is absolutely it's, it's bad. It's bad. Um, uh, you know, I, I kind of you kind of think well. I, I, well, I should say by the way, I, I own shares in those companies and the Nasdaq ETF um, on the ASX, right? So I'm absolutely me too. Uh, you know, I, I'm fully mm-hmm. in on this one. So maybe I'm being biased, right? Um, there you go. Facebook's fallen from three seventy five to one sixty four, more than halved in the past since September 2021 um, yeah I uh, Facebook's P is 12 and it, you kind of and again like, on, on average is it likely these companies are worth a little bit more than those multiples in five years time yeah I think it is so I don't know when the index recovers because as you say mate if people are, if people are negative about this thing forever it doesn't matter what the profits do mm-hmm. right because sentiment's mm-hmm. going to drive the share price it must as you say by definition there's two parts to any share price the profit and the value we put on those profits in other words the PE as you rightly nicely pointed out mm-hmm. but I have to say if you think about a market weighted yeah for every, for every crappy company that's valued on a price to sales of a squillion but it's still reasonably small in that index compared to the biggest end of town that probably make up I don't know the top 10 companies probably make up 50% of the ETF would be yeah, my guess but I can make <clears> it up <throat> and those companies are the ones I've just talked about I don't know when I absolutely don't know when um, but but I but I think I think the I don't think it's I think it's hard to look at that and say the index doesn't seem to me at this point overvalued based on rolling up the constituent the top the top dozen or so constituents well let's say you're right and you could be you probably probably are I, I probably, um, normally I am so probably um, <laughs> but all, this is like, context is just always so valid here uh, because yeah. what there's, that, that can yeah, be yeah. true but I'll tell you yeah. what also can be true is like it can round trip it can like so you could you could look at what'd you say apple at 21 pe yeah yep. it, it could go to pe of eight before it goes back to a pe oh, of 21 yes, with, with exactly. you know and exactly. and again that's not a forecast but that's that's what happens totally. especially totally. when things get really scary when people's when the lemmings start and, and we're all lemmings when we start running for the cliff <laughs> yeah um you know, ration, reason and logic go out the window. And, mm, and any, mm. anyone sitting there going, yeah, but look, in five years' time, you know, people will still be doing this. Yeah. And da, 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 da. Yeah. you can lay out this perfectly rational case and say, actually, it's pretty decent value. No, absolutely. Can be, that can be true. Mm-hmm. But just, just bear in mind that at the same time, it, it can still halve and it's going to be hard. <laughs> to, that, and and <laughs> just, right. all, all that says to me is, is one, just doesn't, don't try and time it because yep. I'm, I'm not, oh, that's, totally. the, that's the wrong lesson to take from what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. you, you, can't, you can't do it. But just saying that if you, if you um, yes. and it's, it's something you have to figure out yourself, if you feel as though there is value to be had, that is great and buying yes. it is, is a sensible thing to do. Yes. But just, just mentally and emotionally prepare yourself for that possibility because generally mm-hmm. if there is a lesson of, of bear markets, <laughs> it's that things tend to get a lot worse before they get better. And, and really the skill is, is endurance, is surviving. Like, you know, all the theory right. in the world is worth totally nothing right. if, if, you, if you capitulate you at the wrong around. time. Yep. You've, got, yep. you've got to be here. Compounding doesn't work when you give up halfway yeah. through. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it just doesn't. So and I'm not arguing with you. I'll be 100% clear. I'm not yeah. arguing yeah. with you and I'm not yeah. saying that, 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 you know, no one write to me in a year saying you said that Apple's PE was getting down. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But I'm saying it's absolutely possible and, and you, need to be, yeah. you need to be prepared for that eventuality if, if it does occur. Mate, by the time this goes to publication, I will have edited it. So you said exactly that. So I get to say, um, <laughs> sure. No, well, people they, people hear what they want to hear. So <laughs> and that look and that. So that's the thing, right? And this is this is where we'll get on your second part of your question, Ethan, um, or second question. This is where it's important to have these conversations, at, but also be mindful of what you're what you're aiming for with investing, right? Like, mm. you know, if you if you'd have invested in, we've done this number so many times, but 1991, 2021, the market turned 10 grand into 160 grand via half a dozen different crashes, slumps and whatevers. And so on, on that journey, if we'd said, stay the course is going to be worthwhile, it's like, ah, oh, but the GFC, ah, oh, but the COVID crash, ah, oh, but the whatever it is that happened in between. Um, those things happen. You had to, as you say, Andrew, and I love this, you know, you have to see it through, right? If you capitulate halfway through, you have to still be there. Um, 
uh, some famous fund managers who've done really, really well for 20, 30 years and then torched the entire fund on a bad bet at some point. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, don't, and this is the other thing, don't try and pick the bottom. Like, you know, here's, I was, I'm going to apologize in advance and also in arrears, mate, because we're recording this early. This is going to go to the podcast machines late. And in the meantime, we will have talked about all this stuff again and again. So we're both having the conversation in advance and also then it's going to be heard after the fact. So apologies for repeating what we've probably already said in the last couple of weeks, though I don't know it yet. Um, think about bear markets or any market slump is the slumps don't end, then people buy shares. The act of people buying shares is what makes the slump end. Mm. And so it's a bit like bear markets, right? Rudy Philippic mm-hmm. Van Dyke, um, regular commentator, tweeted something this morning that I saw, um, again, this morning when we were recording this, which was something like, you know, the headlines were like, oh, we're now in a bear market. So no, no, no. We've been in that bear market for, for the, since January. The fact we've now down 20% in the S&P, which is what happened overnight our time um, when we're recording this, that 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 is technically a bear market. But the bear market mm-hmm. has been going from the peak to the minus 20 you can mm. only know it in, in, in hindsight, right? The same is yeah. going to be true of the recovery, right? We look back and go, oh, the bear market ended then and then it's up this. But some people say, oh, the bear market's over. That's because people have been buying shares from whatever the low ended up being to the point at which the bear market finishes. Mm. Buying at that point misses the entire recovery. That's kind of the point. So, Well, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll correct you. I reckon I'll be buying shares at the bottom and um, <laughs> almost guaranteed <laughs> like, to. Yeah, come uh, on, go but, on, go but, on. But, you know, I'm also Tell buying shares Tell me how clever you are and then tell me how you're being tricky. Yeah, well, it's it's true, right? It's it's, it's totally, kind of no, like right. I, I'm I'm it's I can point. make that statement with the dead because because I just yeah, basically yeah. try to whenever I say a bit of cash, I buy shares. Sometimes the market <laughs> yep. will be high, sometimes Same. it'll be low. So I, I can say quite yep. confidently that near <laughs> enough, I'll probably be buying some shares at the bottom. There you go. You get, you get to make you get to make uh, all sorts of grandiose Twitter statements. So look at me, look what I bought. See, I bought shares of ABC at this on this date. Oh, look brilliant. how much, look how look how great I am. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Like you make the same prediction every day. Eventually, you'll be right. Slap me if ever you catch me doing that, by the way. <laughs> with, with absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, and, uh, partly because it's important, partly because it'd be fun. Um, no, it's, it's a good point. All right, let's, let's see what Ethan's got to say next. I genuinely have a look at this. Here we go. Last, oh, <laughs> last week, there was another question about leveraged ETFs. If, you answer to question, if your answer to question one is yes, and it is, why shouldn't you or anyone buy a triple leveraged NASDAQ index ETF. We've kind of had this question before, but we'll keep going. Mm-hmm. I know you spoke about the possibility of the leveraged ETF closing due to calls on the provider to cover costs in case of a crash. We did. However, this ETF has been around since 2010 and survived everything thrown at it. So it seems this risk is very low. He says in brackets, however, not certain. I did recently buy some of this and will continue to buy if the NASDAQ dips lower. I then plan to sell once the NASDAQ recovers and place in NDQ on the ASX, which is the NASDAQ ETF that I own. Based on the survival rate of the ETF and the benefits, why wouldn't this be a good idea? Would love to know your thoughts. And thank you for the wisdom and the rants twice a week. Cheers from Ethan. Why not just, uh, if, if, if I'm so sure and you're partly sure, mate, why not just leverage up and be done with it? Well, I've already answered the question because it can round trip. Like it, on, on its recovery, it can right. still it can still halve yep. between yep. then and now. And on a yep. triple leverage, that, that halve is going to look a lot worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. so, so you're right. If, if, if the answer to the first part of the question was, yes, it will recover and this is the bottom and it will recover mm-hmm. now and we're certain of that, then the answer is, <laughs> Not just buy a triple leverage ETF, but borrow any money that you can and sell a kidney <laughs> and then buy it because you're going to make a squillion dollars. Yeah, exactly. but, and if exactly. you, that's what your confidence is going to happen, then 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 do it, yeah. 100%. The other thing I've got to say too is is that, um, and this is, it's easier statement for a 20-year-old backpacking around Europe than it is for other people. <laughs> we don't know which one to be fair. He could be, he could be 55, but yeah, uh, we, we're assuming he's young. Well, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't referring to Ethan specifically, but- <laughs> The, I'll, the, I'll, the, other, the other correspondent who's backpacking around Europe on the drain? Yeah. The, well, I know. I, I, really mean, I really mean it in a nice way. You know, yeah. when someone says, oh, it has, you know, it's been around since 2010, I was like, <laughs> that, that, is, that is not ancient history. Mm. That is yesterday. That is, mm. you, yeah. you know, that is such a short, yeah. incredibly, incredibly <laughs> yeah, right. short time frame. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, the older I get, the more I think, you know, 50 years is a blip historically. It's sort of... <laughs> It really is, That's you know, right. and so and this is this is yeah, my yeah, my favorite yeah. turkey story, where it's just oh, sort of like, oh, things have never happened, you know. So therefore, it won't. <laughs> yes, like, that's right. Well, that's never right. is is very yes. different to ten years or 12, 12 years. It, it's it's really not, and and things yeah. can things can do. What's the saying? Markets can remain irrational, irrational. far longer than you can remain solvent, you no, know. And so it's sort of like, I I, I I'm not trying to be not trying to be too, yeah, mean here, but it's just sort of like oh, that yeah. means nothing to me. Something that's you know what. Um, some of these crypto 
BS has been around yeah. since 2010. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it ain't going to be around for much longer, um, a lot of these things. So you, you've got to be careful with that. Yeah, Ethan, I'll echo Ram's point just to double underline it. Um, the first time something happens, it never happened before. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and things happen for the first time all the time. Yeah. Um, and here's the, the, the honest answer, mate, is you don't ever, ever, ever want to have to go back to square one. The, yeah. the, 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 you can't, you mentioned compounding and interrupting it before, Ram. Um, I've said many times before, my job at the Multi Fool is to help members pick stocks that help them beat the market, right? That maximize their returns. But the stock picking bit is the third in, and, and a relatively distant third, in the three things you can do to, to build your wealth. One is start young as you can. Second is save as much as you can every single month. Third is invest it as well as you can. And in that order, right? If you have to go back to square one at 35, 45, or 55, having done the hard work already, losing that 10 or 20 or 30 years of compounding is worth so much more than trying to be clever with your investing. Mm. So here's the thing, Ethan, maybe forever and ever, your, your, your email is back, um, let's say you're 25 now, when Andrew and I are in our dotage, you visit us in our nursing homes and yell through the window, you idiots, I could have made a fortune on this ETF and we'll go, yeah, fair enough, sorry. Or you come to the nursing home and go, oh man, I wish I'd listened, I lost all this money. And these are these are you like asymmetric as a word, Andrew. These are asymmetric sure outcomes, do. right? Because you cannot make back that stuff. So, would I would I would I toss a coin if I had a million dollars tomorrow? Would I toss a coin on a ten to one bet with only a ten percent chance of losing the money? Not a chance, right? Because would I like ten million dollars? Absolutely. And is it is it mathematically worthwhile? Sure. Would I would I do it though? No, because the losing that million dollars. What else I could do with that million bucks? Guaranteed million or a chance of ten million? It's, it's madness, absolute madness. Even though $10 million, like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you? Look, I mean, I've got 90% chance of making $10 million. You absolutely have, mate, but do it 10 times or 10 people do it. Mathematically, someone goes home with literally zero and ask them whether or not the, the, the odds were worth it. So I don't, if I, can, don't if, I can do, if I can flip that coin 10 times, I'll do it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Totally, totally. But you don't get that chance, right? Because no. once a million dollars is gone, you've got to then resave it for the next whatever period of time. Yep. Yep. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Here's one from um, Ram. Not different, Ram. Ram asked us a question a couple of weeks ago. He says, thanks heaps for answering my questions in the podcast. Feeling thrilled, to be honest, he says. Mate, we're not that special, just quietly, but thank you. Um, I did a quick internet search, he says, on chess, based on your advice. It seems all these low brokerage firms follow what they call the omnibus chess model. What I understand from that is they have a single chess HIN account or holder identification number for all customers and is owned by an independent company which protects shareholder interests in case of a liquidation of the broker firm. The disadvantage of this system is I cannot transfer shares between accounts. Can you please enlighten me what the other potential risks and disadvantages of having this common chess for an individual investor? So let's unpack that just quickly around and I'll ask you the question. Um, when I buy my shares through Comsec, I have a, a holder identification number which is unique to me. Those shares are mine. I'm linked to that number. The shares are linked to that number. That is my ownership proof. Using an omnibus chess model means that the brokerage has one HIN. The broker or the, the company that owns the shares in trust controls and owns legally those shares. It then says, but of those 1,000 shares I've got, 500 are Rams, 500 are mine. Uh, and so if I ever want them, I can go back and say, well, hang on, you own them under chess. So chess, the system knows the, the trust owns those shares. So that's done. And the trust confirms that I have a right to some of those shares, so that's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the omnibus chess model. And Ram's just saying, you know, what are the what are the what are the disadvantages or risks? Um, I'll do a quick one, very quickly. Ram, you can jump in. Yep. Uh, first potential risk is that the trust company is somehow compromised, um, deliberately or otherwise. Uh, there is some. Uh, uh, let me say, well, uh, unintentional, intentional wrongdoing, fraud, let's call it fraud. Uh, there, there are some uh, administrative problems, hassles, dramas, whatever. Um, it, it's not, I, I, I much, much, much prefer the omnibus chess model over the strict name where it's not owned under chess at all. Uh, but you are simply adding a layer of complexity, which is either worth the saved cost or it's not. Um, it's like insurance, right? It, it, you know, is there is there a big, so, and the other disadvantage you say, Ram, is you can't easily transfer shares between accounts. Um I would simply choose not to use this model if I had the choice because I'd rather have the shares in my own name because I figure a bit like the first question from Ethan, going back to square one's not worth it if something was to happen. For me, paying a little bit more in brokerage for my own HIN is insurance. It's insurance on my portfolio. And if someone said to me, you can pay $5 a trade to make sure that nothing went wrong with your holding, would I do it? Absolutely. 
Is it, am I likely to ever need it? No, absolutely not. But if I ever do one day, gee, I'll be glad I paid the extra money. It's like old insurance. Insurance is stupidly expensive until you need it, then it gets super cheap uh, when you do use it. I, I, that's that's how I take it. Ram, your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting that it's these kinds of things come up a lot, yeah. um, and and for good reason. And I, I think you've answered it well. Um, I would say, and, and this is just just to sort of just put a contrasting view. I don't disagree yeah, at all. I, I absolutely prefer to have my own here. I don't trade very often, so yeah, whatever. Same. Brokerage yeah. is just such a non, you know, I think so. particularly people who are new to the market, they put huge amount of emphasis on how much brokerage <laughs> yeah. do I pay and what yeah. structure is it all held on. It's like, yeah, yeah and it, uh, it's really stupid and reckless, in fact, of me to say that's not important. It is important. <laughs> At the same time, of all the things that you need to worry about and focus your mental energy on as an investor, it's sort of like way down the list. Yeah. You know, because they are they are extremely small risks. Totally, that's um, true. Yep, absolutely true. You know, and it's sort of like the far far bigger risk is that you ape into some lithium miner with no assets <laughs> and, and burning them. You know, and that and that that tends to be. And I'm not I'm not saying not saying that the listener's doing that at all. But but it, it, I have this conversation a lot where people talk about this kind. They worry about it, and worry yeah, about yeah, it, worry yeah. about it, and then in the next yeah. breath say, "Oh, so I just." Put you know thirty percent of my life savings in this biotech. I've got like, my own whoa, hit, but yeah. whoa. Well, I'm glad that you've got great ownership of that, and you're paying five dollars brokerage. Maybe maybe better to pay a hundred dollars brokerage, exactly. and exactly. you know whatever. And but but have spent all your time worrying about the bigger things. So it yeah. it is important. Yes, and and Scott's given you the, the exact right answer. But but honestly, of all the things yeah. to worry about, yeah. they're they're a bigger fish to fry. There absolutely are, which I think goes both ways. It's it's why I would just simply do it and pay it up. But yep. as you say, it's not going it's not going to save you from the self the self inflicted wounds that are probably. Here's the thing: self inflicted wounds probably not going to cost you everything. A hin problem would cost could cost you literally everything or most everything. Mm. So I think there's a bit of a a different outcome. Um, but but I take your absolute point. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. All right, let's go to the next question, which has somehow here we go evaded me. My apologies, while I scroll through my app professionals. This. I've accidentally clicked on the wrong link, so we're back to here. All right. Uh, it's questions from Nick, who says, Gents, I just finished listening to this week's listener questions, a couple of weeks ago, podcast, and could not agree more with the options you threw up to fix or at least work towards improving housing... Aff- oh, jeez, Nick. Housing affordability, says Nick. Oh, no. It's what we My do question- here. It's what we do here, mate. We solve problems. <laughs> you're, wel- you're welcome. Especially about housing. My question is, why aren't <laughs> any of the political parties considering these sorts of ideas? Surely if the change is gradual and for the good of the country, it won't destroy them at the polls. Maybe I just answered my own question, said Nick. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for your weekly insights. That's from Nick. I'm, I'm not sure I have much more to add. I think Nick has probably answered his own question, Ram. Oh, God, it's hard not to be cynical, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> I, I, think, I think we move on. Nick, yeah. uh, I, I think that's a combination of... Honestly, mate, um, scared politicians and focus groups and uh, a lack of vision in Canberra. And I don't, I don't say that lightly. I think, you know, we've all got rose-coloured glasses. Um, I think I've only given the example before. I might have just told the story before around on the podcast of, I remember John Howard and, and Bob Hawke sharing the stage at the National Press Club many years ago. Now you can Google it somewhere. And I just remember it was, polys are always better out of office than in office. And this is after both of them had been, and obviously, you know, uh, Hawke had gone before Howard and then Howard was, was turfed out. And they were chatting about it and, and John Howard said something to the effect of, Australians are pretty reasonable people. They'll make sacrifices if you explain to them why and if those sacrifices feel fair and shared. And Bob Hawke said, yeah, that, that sounds about right. And I thought that was kind of, you know, it was a nice... What a different age. Partisan, right, mm. well, and, and they, look, they weren't perfect as polygs, don't get me wrong. And again, they're, they're different parties, so I'm not being partisan here. Um, but I think, that, I think that's generally the case. And, you know, for, for all their, they're all their failures and otherwise, you know, Hawke and Keating had serious ambition on policy, as did John Howard, um, and Peter Costello, give him his, his credit. Um, I, I disagree with some of the things both both um, couples did in, in their time in power, but they actually kind of wanted to genuinely improve things in their their version of how they thought things could be improved. Um, and they were prepared to go and sell the story. They were prepared to go and make it happen. They were prepared to... Howard spent, what, three, four years selling the GST? Mm. Um, you know, and so I think, you know, I, even if there was a good solution, I don't think anyone's got the stomach for it. I don't think the parties have the stomach for it, quite honestly. You only look at both Rudd and Turnbull being turfed out of office after a certain number of, you know, news polls or whatever it was losing in a row. Um, so it can't be done. Let's not, let's move on. By the way, what do the punters want? Let's give them what they want. They'll vote for us type stuff. So someone's got to think of it. 
Someone's got to work out the detail. Someone's got to sell it to the electorate. The opposition have to, and whatever opposition, I don't mean the capital O opposition, whoever's in opposition has to, you know, not be bastards and, and you know, basically run fear campaigns to try and overturn whatever they want to do. Um, it's super hard, mate. It's super hard. Mm. That doesn't excuse them. They should do it anyway because that's their job. And if you can't at least go and try and make a difference, then I don't know what you're doing in Canberra. Uh, but I also understand how hard it must be in this environment to do it. Thoughts, mate? Yeah, yeah I, look, I don't know. I, I think we get the politicians we deserve, frankly. Yeah. Um, and I think I think the media it doesn't. I'm not to be conspiratorial in the slightest, but I do think the media has a lot to answer for here. Mm. I, I feel as I feel as though it's actually you probably go back further if you want really big thematics here and just like the, the internet forcibly changed the business model of journalism. Yep. Yeah. Did and that yeah. really pushed it towards clickbaity kind of stuff. Yep. And you yep. know, so I, I don't like there's, there's wheels within wheels here, and mm-hmm. it's, it gets very complicated. But <laughs> the, yeah. the 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 quality of political discourse and policy discussion is just very ordinary. Very yes. ordinary. You'll find pockets of it if you if you search, and there's some great stuff that is out there, and some yep. incredible journalists doing some incredible work. Yep. Um, but they are sadly in the minority. If you want to watch the the a lot of the commercial stuff, it's just it's just tabloid rubbish, frankly, is my, my view. And it's yeah. it's very hard for politicians to play the more noble, longer-term yeah. game when you're fighting against that kind of stuff because the populist kind of stuff will always win out. It's yeah. just an easier sell, right? Agreed. The, Agreed. Person, the person saying, hey, well, let's all suffer a little bit now, but we're just going to be so much better <laughs> off down the track. It's worth it, yeah. yeah is not yeah. going to be is, – is, is really fighting an uphill battle yeah. next to the person – Who's yeah. saying? Listen, you can have every, you can have your cake and eat it too, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a very, very, very difficult thing, and it's just very depressing. So. It is, it is. Mate, let's yeah. let's not be depressed. Let's move on to a question from yep. Raul. Who's Raul? 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 R A U L. My apologies, I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'll say Raul. Raul or Raul? What do you reckon, Ray? Uh, Raul, I think. Raul. Okay, let's go with that. Sorry, Raul, if we've screwed that up entirely, mate. My apologies. Good morning, Captain Ram. He says, I've looked into long-term investing through a trust but end up having the expenses of running the trust eat into the dividend income and it fails to look viable starting out unless there's an alternative income stream such as a business, as Ram has mentioned. Are you able to talk through in some ways to think about investing in the name of the lower income earner or trust for the family with the long term in mind? Raul, now you, you have a family trust. You mentioned this before, mate. So um, maybe I can ask you as a starting point, how would you think about when it made sense uh, to, to use a trust or when it made, made sense to do it in the name of a lower income earner? Otherwise, you might structure, and again, we can't give advice to Raul, of course, um, uh, your, your, your finances or, or someone's finances to, uh, to best manage both the tax obligations and other things that might come with a, a trust or another option. Yeah. I own it. Look, I actually have a bit of a regret doing it. I feel as though, oh, do you? Okay. I, well, I went to the accountant <laughs> with a prejudice in mind that this was a better structure. Did you ask the barber if you needed a haircut? I asked the barber if I needed a haircut. Sure, I could run the. I run a trust for you. It only cost you a couple of hundred dollars a year. Yeah, I can sign you up. Yep. So they thought, oh, here's someone who wants to spend money with us. Yes, yes, you should do that. <laughs> can I please spend money with you if you insist? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, be, that's probably on me for having not the greatest accountant. So I, 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 it's not as though they took me through all the options. They talked about the pros and the best. The best professional service provider that you can have is 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 very good at it telling saying no to you. <laughs> but it's also very rare. It's yeah, also that's very right. rare. That's right. Um, that's right. So look, it's. I think in the old days, it was just a no-brainer because you yeah. could do all this dodgy stuff. When I say dodgy, perfectly <laughs> legal. legal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah but yeah, the dog right. could like earn $20,000 a year and, you know, it's just <laughs> stupid. Which Dog services is important. They, they plugged all these all these sort of loopholes. <laughs> Thank goodness they did. Uh, um, but it's, it's, it's so, so it's the, the trust structure isn't as advantageous as it was. Mm-hmm. So it'll depend on, on who, uh, you know, the size of your family, how old your kids are, all of these kinds of things. For me in my yep. current situation, what it has basically meant was that we get a bit of discretion in terms of how we divide the investment returns mm. and that's been okay. But we also have to do a separate tax return each year and there's, yeah. there's yeah. ongoing fees with all of that kind of stuff to cost money to set up. I don't, I haven't, I haven't done the calculation because it's going to take a bunch of time and it's probably going to just <laughs> say that you're an idiot. So <laughs> exactly. I just don't want to do it. No, but I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it hasn't been yeah. a terrible decision, but I'm sure yeah. it's also not one that's been like, oh, wow, I'm so glad I did this. This was just so, so much better. And then there's this, the other, if you've talked about before, mm-hmm. it's like, well, maybe, maybe just a, biz, a company structure. Yeah. PTY, LTD structure. Like there's a whole range yeah. of different, you really want a really great, financial planner here to 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 say to understand your exact scenario and then advise the best situation around that yep um 
Thank you, Matt. I haven't got much more to add. The only thing I would say, Roll, is, is or anyone listening, as you think about um, these structures, think about the future rather than the now. Uh, and so you may find that, for example, and I don't know it is your case, is worthwhile in your case, but the costs now, while the, pl- while the portfolio is smaller, um, may overwhelm the dividends now. But if you are able to, for example, compound your capital at a reasonable rate such that at some future point is well and truly worthwhile, um, then maybe there's some something there. I don't know that that is the case or not. I just would suggest to everyone, it's a bit like compounding in general, right? Um, you know, it, it, the, the cost of something now might be a lot, uh, but if in 20, 30, 40 years, I mean, talk about, you know, the uh, the ASX going from 10 grand to 160 grand, if it, if it was, you know, cost you $1,000 when it was 10 grand, that, that's 10% of your money. If it cost you $1,000 when you got 160 grand, well, obviously it's a whole lot cheaper. Um, and so I'm not, I don't want to suggest that trusts are fine. I don't have one. I've looked into them. I haven't made a decision for the reasons that Rams talked about. Um, but just have a think about your circumstances, not just about the costs and benefits now, but whether putting that structure in place may make future rail happier <laughs> because it, it may give you some options or, or you know, it, it, maybe you save enough in tax in 23 years' time uh, to, to well and truly pay for all the times during the first few years that it cost you more than you, you made out of it. I don't know if that is the case, by the way. I, I haven't done the numbers, but um, it's just one thing to think through. Uh, one from Damien, mate. says, good evening. Thank you, first of all, for the podcast, <laughs> which its price, brackets free, belies the great value it provides. Maybe we should set up a Patreon account, Ram, or one of those PayPal-y kind of things. You know, they can, they, people can sling us some cash. If <laughs> you can, you can fling me some Bitcoin on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might be depressing if we ask people they didn't do it. It's like, oh, I thought, anyway. <laughs> the pod may be made of straw, he says, but it is rock solid. Thank you, Damien. <laughs> um, speaking of straw, mate, straw man sounds like an interesting name. What, what's strawman.com again? <laughs> so, yeah, you missed that at the start, didn't I you? I did. That's why I'm making up for it. It's contractually obligated <laughs> for you to mention that. <laughs> Exactly. Um, it's a it's a private online investment club. There you go. Uh, for anyone who's wondering, I, we're actually not correctly obligated to mention it. Just put a bit of fun, so I do. Um, but yes, <laughs> I'm, if, I'm, if I'm I was, not, I also would. <laughs> joking, not joking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're going to speak after this podcast. I have a question on fooling myself and fashion, says Damien. This is interesting. He's asking the wrong people, but there you go. I like the company Ordinate. Its products it hold on its market and the projected growth. Yeah, me too. I'm also increasingly aware that this is a popular, in quotes, stock and one that is often liked by fund managers and twits, question mark, on Twitter. This makes me, I think they're called tweeps officially, aren't they? Isn't that, isn't that the cool kid's name? Aren't, aren't yeah, on Twitter? yeah it, all, it all works. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter peeps, tweeps. Anyway, this makes me worry that I'm getting caught up in a company that has a great story. As I do love a good story and that I have invested in the fashionable stock of the time. I would, be, I would prefer, he says, to be unfashionable or capital F foolish would be the better word, which my wife assures me that my wardrobe helps me do well at. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm with you, Damon, trust me. Mm-hmm. I know it is hard to beat the market when you run with the market. How do we as investors examine whether we are being caught up with a fashionable stock or whether it's fashionable because it's a great company? I love this question. Thank you so from Damien. Yeah, so Ordinate's a great company. I, I agree. It um it's it's been very popular for very good reasons. It's, it's again <laughs> one of these these big structural plays where the, the you know the the um audio equipment around the world is going digital and yep. and what's what's exciting about that is that these guys seem to be becoming the standard. I mean, wow, what a great what a great position they're in. Mm-hmm. And so the market just got really you know fell madly <laughs> madly in love with it. Um, yeah. And and. Not only that, but it was just during this time of, as we were talking about before, very high multiples and, you know, very uh, optimistic extrapolations mm. and the rest of it. So it yep. kind of yep. it kind of is guilty of all of the things that the, the fast growing tech companies all got all got a mm. um, part mm. of. Yeah. Um, so, so I think a lot of that's true. At the same time, now it's you know it's twenty five percent below where it was. <laughs> so whether it's cheap or not now, it's certainly cheaper than it was. Can I throw a um, thought in here, mate, just quickly? Because I just had the Nasdaq 100 graph up, and as you were saying that, the Nasdaq's up 100% in the past five years, even after the massive crash. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's one of those things, five years ago, people could have said, and I'm not saying they would, and I'm not disagreeing with your point at all, mate, it's not, not in relation to your point specifically, other than to say, back then people would have said, but look at these PEs, and look how fast growing it is, and they're all fashionable, and Amazon five years ago at half the price, that sounds crazy, and now it's double that, even though it's come off by whatever since, or Google, or Apple, or any of those. Um so there's, there's kind of both, right? In the last five years, had you not done anything, had you not invested in the NASDAQ 100 at all, you would have missed out on a doubling of your money. But you also would have had to go through close enough to a, you know, what is that, 40%, 30%, we said, I think, drawdown in the meantime. I hate drawdown, sorry. 30% fall in the meantime. Um, so both are true in the last five years, right? The shares have doubled and have fallen 30% from their peak. Well, that, That's so kind of the, the challenge. 
a great example, in fact. So uh, five years ago, ordinate you could have bought it at a dollar fifty. You, you know, go. yeah, it got to ten bucks, yeah. and yeah, yeah right. now it's six fifty. Right. But, you know, and, and and was probably cool for at least a decent part of that. I'm not sure how much of that it was, but there's some there's some part of that where it's. You know, I had very, very big and cool sustained drawdowns <laughs> along the way, which is always, which is always the case of like yeah, you yeah. pick your pick your preferred wonder stock, you know, yep, and yep, and yep. look at its its ascension. Yep. It is marked by very, yes. very significant, very, very protracted pullbacks. Yeah. You know, so how do we know it's it great rather than fashionable, mate? Does it, today, mate, a specific question: How do how do you think about so the hot running stock? Amazon goes from a, I own it from you know three to. Well, it's done a bloody stock split since, which mm. drives me bananas. So I'm going to use the old numbers because it's easier. Goes from three to three thousand, right? Now back to probably two thousand, I guess. Split adjusted, something like that. Um, cool and fashionable for large parts of that time. Uh, is it great? Was it great? On the other hand, as you say, I use the example Yahoo of it flew and then crashed and then crashed and then kept crashing and then kept crashing and then went broke or got bought out. Um, mm. How do you how do you differentiate between that? They were both fashionable. One yeah. arguably, or maybe I use another one. I don't know. Apple. Uh, Apple almost went broke in the was it early eighties, mid eighties, something like that. Nineties, nineties, pre iPhone, nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, is it a great company? I think it's arguably a great company. Uh, the share price up a squillion since then. At any point during that growth, you could have said, "Oh, this feels pretty fashionable. The fanboys are all over it. People love the hell out of this thing. Do I really want to buy it at that price?" Turns out the answer was yes, almost the entire time. How do you, how do you distinguish between the two? You're right because this is a Charlie Munger quote. I'm pretty sure I'm going to butcher it, but you're right because the, your facts and reasoning are right. Um, yeah. you, you're not right because the market agrees with you. You're not right yes. because it's fashionable. You're right because of because the the, the numbers and a sober analysis tells you that you're right. Or yeah. I should I should be careful with the language because you can never know that you're right. But, <laughs> yeah, but, that's true. But but the the, the some sensible objective yeah. reasoning gives you yeah. a high degree of confidence that you're right. That's 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 yeah. why you're right. Um, I, I really love the question. I, I was mentioning to you, we were speaking off air last week, week before, and I was sort of saying that, you know, I, I know a few investors that are really contrarian in their thinking. Mm, mm, mm. And it's a great skill to have being a contrarian, which is mm. sort of go against the fashion. It's a very hard skill to do. Yeah. The flaw in some of these people, though, is that they're contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. Mm, mm. So sometimes people will avoid a, 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 a sexy stock because it's sexy. And maybe maybe it's got every reason to be considered yeah. sexy, yeah. You know? objectively so. Yeah. Um, and some sometimes they'll avoid something that's cheap, because, you know, just just for the sake of hey, I'm because they are they are so contrarian in their thinking. It's kind of like they can't mm-hmm. if 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 the if the majority agree with them, they almost by definition can't think that way. Yeah. Which is which is again, there's a lot of subtlety right. in that. Yeah. You you yeah, want yeah, yeah. you the ability to not be influenced by the by the by the mob is is an yes. incredible skill as an is a, as a person, but also as an investor. But you just you don't want to take that that philosophy too far and disagree for the sake of disagreeing. I completely agree. And so I would put ordinate in, and I don't own ordinate shares, uh, by the way. Exactly. Although, yep, I've been thinking about just. <laughs> you know, you can only buy the dip so many yeah, times before yeah. it's like I got nothing left. To, I got no dry powder, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but it's but it's um. It, look, I, I and this is not advice, and because yeah, I'm saying yeah. this now, you watch it drop fifty yeah. percent tomorrow. But I think it's I think it's actually a very genuinely <laughs> interesting company. Yeah, that yeah. is very very well placed, competitive. I think it's very interesting. I think I think it's it's not cheap by any sort of standard historical measure, but but in this mm. instance, it it might be warranted, and. And yeah, just because it's sexy, don't don't stay away from it. Yep, absolutely. I think that's I think that's right. Um, I can't add to that, mate. It's just do your best to think for yourself. Um, the, whether or not it's whether or not the shares are up. Here's the other thing, by the way, and this is impossible advice to follow because it's just too hard to avoid. But don't look at the share price. Uh, oh, sorry, the share price graph chart. Just just do the, your own work and say is, is this price attractive for the company? And if it's up, yeah, you can't not know what's up, right? So I, I'm 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 saying that in a perfect world. Um, you know, there are a lot of people say, you know, and, and different parts. You talk about being contrarian. People say, "I'm not going to buy now." The market's up. Other people say, "Well, I'm not going to buy when the shares are going down." They're obviously going down. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it, you, you kind of can't do both. So it's 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 important. And I mean, it's the right question. Um, focus on the business is, is the honest answer, and it's not you know, it's not easy to do, um, but but worth asking yourself if you think this is a business. It's going to be great. The other thing I would say is, and this is I say this all the time, but it's really important. Take a portfolio approach. So don't buy Ordinate just because you think it's going to be a great company and then just, just hold Ordinate. Buy, buy 10 businesses like this because if Ordinate flames out, so be it. But if whatever other company that fits that same mold does well, you know, if, if for every, for every you know, if you, I mentioned Yahoo and 
Amazon before. If you bought both, you, you're completely fine. You know, yeah. the Yahoo Flame Out doesn't matter because you're a bit wrong on that one. I'm not yeah. saying buy every growth thing and hope some go well. I'm not saying buy anything that sounds exciting or sexy. I'm just saying, you know, I don't, I don't know what Ordinate does. I like, we've, we've recommended Ordinate at, at Share Advisor. Um, I like it a lot. But there are some very clear reasons why it may not be worth the current price or have the reach or growth that it, we, you know, we, we expect it has. And so we have other companies on the scorecard because hopefully we're right more often than not but we're not going to be right every time. So just, just if you're going to do ordinate, by all means, do it, but think about it in the context of, of the broader the broader story. Just the timestamp things. So it's the 14th <laughs> of June. It is. Um, as we are recording- Tell me you didn't just open your portfolio, did you? <laughs> well, I've, been, I've, been, I've been quietly hitting refresh, refresh, because, because you know, <laughs> I'm human. Uh, I, ordinate. I, I, I opened it for the first time when you, uh, when, when you just mentioned that. Go on, go. Oh, don't look. Don't yeah, look. I did, unfortunately. <laughs> ordinate is down 10% uh, as we you speak. You know, it's, you it's, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Be interesting by the time it goes to the air to sort of put that in sort of context, but- uh, Yes, yeah, it's yes. it's a it's probably one of the worst days <laughs> I can remember in a long time. Yep. US US inflation was much higher than people were expecting. Yeah, um, yep. it's wild out there, man. It's wild. We also had two. We're this we're on Tuesday, the fourteenth. You may remember that the thirteenth. You probably won't remember. Thirteenth was a public holiday in New South Wales. The market was closed, uh, so we got a two percent, two and a half percent fall on the US market on Friday night. Our market didn't open on Monday. Monday night, the US market fell four percent. Add those together. The uh, as we speak, mate. The all odds is down five point three. Honestly, I don't. I can't remember the last time. Uh, the, you you see you see people sort of like pulling their hair out when it drops two percent. Yeah, this is five percent. Except you know what? The answer is probably twenty twenty, mate. That's that's the thing, that's the problem. So so you know to, to kind of help people think about this. You, you're right. We we don't remember that because it's kind of you know all of a sudden that becomes ancient history. But the market fell thirty eight percent in a month and four days back in twenty twenty. And, so, and yeah. I'm sure at least one of those days was a five percent fall, right? Maybe, maybe not because it was again we had the, we had the day off between the two US falls, but um, I, I, but you're it's absolutely a, it, right. I, won't, but I just want to remind people that's kind of you know <laughs> it's, it it happens more regularly than we perhaps instinctively think of. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Look, on the grand scheme of things, it, it probably does, but at the same time, it's probably you could count on one hand the times it happens in a in a year. In fact, there'll be oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. it doesn't yeah. happen at all. And if it absolutely. does happen, it's once or twice. So just it's just noteworthy to sort of say, hey, as we're recording this, totally. there's, a ne- there's a minus 5.2% next to the ASX 200, which oh, is, yeah. as I say, it's it's noteworthy. Yeah. Should we go to the pub after this or something? Oh, The good thing is by the time the market's open, the pub's open at about the same time. So yes. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying there's not necessarily a coincidence. And uh, look, I've got a couple of things to do, but uh, yeah, we'll see you there at 11.30. <laughs> um, it's it's going to be a rough wow. old day. Um, can, can, the, you know, the, you know the, the other worst part about this too, by the way, is if you're someone who is adding money to the market regularly, each 5% drop or whatever the number is actually costs you more dollars the larger your portfolio gets. Mm. So even though the percentages don't change to your mm. point, you know, well, they happen that often, but you know, whatever they happen, um, the dollar values of those falls generally because the market tends to go up over time and you add money over time tend to be larger. Uh, so I'm, I'm sitting looking at my account and it's the largest single day's dollar drop I've ever suffered. And it's only 1030s. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope it gets better is all I'm saying because uh, I, I would make sure the pub if I do it may have to be your shout is all I'm saying so what um, you're saying is the day you can lose $100,000 in on paper is the day you know you've, oh, you've done very very well could you imagine <laughs> that though can you imagine can you imagine looking at like what's, what's a, what's a $100,000 car like literally like boom, up in smoke imagine buying, imagine buying a $100,000 car having it uninsured and watching it catch flames out, out the window yeah. that's what happens in my portfolio if you lose that sort of money I'm not at that sort of money unfortunately it'd be a nice problem to have but yeah. um, yes at least, at least in the market like you know the, the, the car can can you know decombust put itself back out yeah exactly that's right bad dream oh look at that oh that was lucky oh, it's, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a rough old day so if, if you if you want to feel sorry for past Andrew and past Scott feel free because that, that's what we're going through right now as we're recording this and trying to laugh through the tears of a clown um <laughs> Mate, one, one last one, just from, from uh, I think it's probably from Sam based on the email. I don't have the actual name. Uh, it was emailed through us. I think it's from Sam. She says, hi, on Sunday podcast, a couple of weeks ago, Scott was citing some ages for accessing super, which were incorrect. There's nothing I dislike more than being corrected, Andrew, but I'm a man of the people, so I'm going <laughs> to share this. Um, age 67 is the government pension age, says Sam, not the age for accessing super. It depends on the preservation age. Broadly, for most people, it's now 60 if fully retired or otherwise 65. 
There you go. So thank you, Sam. I appreciate the correction. Uh, always up for a correction if uh, if needs be. Um, happy to uh, happy to correct the record. I probably did misspeak. I did actually know that, believe it or not, which makes it even worse. Um, sometimes in our back and forth, it turns out I know our listeners will be surprised. Around this, this podcast is not scripted. Do you think they've realised that before now? Is this is a revelation for them? <laughs> Well, it's kind of like it's either like it's, it's like one that's oh, what you guys don't put any uh, prep into it. That's that's not good. But it's just like well, if you did, that's even worse because like I would I would, I would hope that there, there would be of a higher standard if there was some preparation involved. So so again, kind of don't the, look good either way. Do it. We're in the world of love expectations, is what you're telling me. Yep, yep, yep. All right, <laughs> mate. I reckon that's probably a fitting way to uh, to close <laughs> to close out the podcast. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you keeping your expectations low because uh, that's our best chance of actually at least meeting those low expectations if not exceeding them at least at least meeting them and lower would be helpful if that's okay we'll be back on Friday with another pre-recorded podcast but we're looking forward to recording that one we thank you for spending some time with us if you want to send us some questions for when we're back because we will have to restock the mailbag after getting through quite a few uh, please do that as always you can email us info at fool.com.au with any questions you can also DM them to us. You can slide into our DMs, as the cool kids say. Uh, I watched Jurassic Dominion on the weekend, Ram, and uh, it's not spoiling anything to say that at one point, uh, one of the characters who who is who is not one of the younger characters uh, talks about you know, someone sliding into their DMs, and the other old bloke says, "What?" Well, it's just a very funny scene. Uh, <laughs> Sam Neil being the discombobulated bloke who doesn't know what sliding into the DMs means. I'm sure he does in real life. He's a active Twitter uh, Twitter participant. Um, but uh, yeah, just a very, very funny kind of you know, um, old people scene, which unfortunately I'm becoming closer and closer to actually appreciating in terms of its reality, not its humor anymore. So there is that. But info at fool.com.au is the email. If you are on the socials, if you want to slide into our DMs, do that. Uh, Andrew is at sage underscore Simeon or the straw man uh, account for the uh, private online investing club, apparently, which strawman.com is, uh, is at strawman invest. Uh, you can grab me on Twitter or Insta at TMF Scott P or The Motley Fool on both at The Motley Fool AU and on Facebook, as you probably know by now, facebook.com slash Scott Phillips Money or facebook.com slash The Motley Fool Australia. I will say too, I post most of the emails I write to our members and readers on that Facebook page on mine. Not, I mostly share across the, the Motley Fool page as well. But if you want to follow for other reasons other than just sending a question, uh, feel free. It's my, my work page, not my personal page. Um, but I share some stuff I write for, for our listeners and uh, members and readers on there. So check that out if you're interested. Talk to you Friday, Matt. Uh, yeah, if I can drag myself <laughs> out sure? of bed. <laughs> I might just like go in, lay down and pull the doner up and just sort of wallow in some misery for a bit. Fair, yes, fair of course, say, of course soul, I'll be if, back. If I'm doing the solo first... next week, it'll be because Andrew's, uh, the market's got a lot worse. And frankly, at this point, <laughs> the, the, the worst, you, 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 dear listener, know what happened next. We don't know what happened next. So you're ahead of us. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping desperately it's a wonderful V-shaped recovery. And, uh, and Andrew and I are drinking champagne at this very moment. Uh, I fear it may not <laughs> we'll be. We'll be drinking either way. Let's put, put, put it that way. Until Cham- then. Champagne or whiskey, yeah. <laughs> or both. Full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.